just like that, we're back. A little bit of a hiatus, a little bit of things needed to be worked out. Some gremlins smashed with a hammer, as it were. As you may have noticed on the last episode and on Twitter, we are currently running a contest. And by the time you're listening to this, assuming you've listened on release day, there's still about a week left to get your entries in. A single tweet horror story. Three words to choose from, all available on at Hooks of Horror on Twitter. That's also where you'll be putting in your entries. The prize is pretty simple, but pretty cool. We've got two books, one by Augie Peterson and one by S.H. Cooper, both signed by the authors. We've got some writing paraphernalia for you to help, uh, I don't know, manage those hooks that we give you. And uh, some stickers and buttons and other Hooks of Horror stuff. Something small, but, you know, it's the first contest we're doing, so I'm kind of proud of it. Head on over to Twitter, listen to the last episode for full details, and I hope to see your entries there, all of which will be read on a mini-episode being released on Halloween itself. Those things said, let's go ahead and jump on into this. Well, hello there. Just setting up some last-minute Halloween decorations. Party isn't for another week, but I figure... Eh, why not unsettle the neighbors some? I'm guessing you didn't come back to listen to me gab about the best holiday of the year, though. No. You've got a slimy little thing in your noggin. Dark and cold. It just won't stop moving about every time the sun goes down or the room is empty. I'll help you out. Get a hook of sorts, and we can use that to pull that thing out of there. Get it written, and get it shared. You know the drill. Three thousand words. Two weeks. Or if you have a different approach, perhaps a poem. Maybe you want others to experience it. Maybe an adventure hook for those pen and paper things. You know the ones. With the dice. Sit back. Listen up. I want you to tell me a story about a storm. Any way you'd like to interpret that. Personally, I like the idea of hands slapping at the walls, trying to get in and away from the turbulence. (sighs) I've got something in mind, too. I'll write one as well. Let's see who does it better, eh? Now, the last time you, I think it was you, was here, we went with a single word as well. Change. Not gonna lie, this one is bigger than I thought. I'll give you the first now, and in two weeks we'll go with the rest. Let's listen to From Above.
The following is audio recovered from the remains of the burned structure on the property of Captain Frank Hall, U.S. Army, retired. The audio was stored on a ruggedized portable hard drive. The hard drive itself was in part compromised by heat damage from the fire, leaving many files unreadable. Based on its recoverable content, it is believed to pertain to the incidents that took place on the night of October 30th, 2018. However, it seems to relate only in description of the assailants and their general activities and behaviors. Perhaps detailing events in other locations. The veracity of the recording and what details that have been recovered are currently being verified by interagency task forces. It is assumed that by listening to this audio, you have been granted appropriate security clearances and have a direct need to know. This recording and any accompanying documents are to be considered top secret eyes only. Any unauthorized distribution or discussion of this material will result in immediate detainment and following prosecution. Here we are, currently orbiting the objective at an altitude of approximately 3,500 feet. From our vantage point, we can see the highways, thoroughfares, and small lanes of the town below, like black and gray streams. To the west, the sun is going down. That'll account for the occasional flare in the lenses. Should pass inside the next hour. Where is here? That doesn't matter. Could be any small town, anywhere in the world. Now the place is starting to come alive. Strange. Bring us down to 3,000, orbit the target at one mile. Yes, sir. All right, look there. You see that field? That's the high school. Approximately 300 students, small staff made up mostly of older members of the community. They're getting ready for Halloween. Whole town. Maybe 1,500 people. Some sort of harvest festival and jack-o'-lantern display. I hear they're known for it. Otherwise, wholly unremarkable. Except that object. Get in tight on it? Yes, sir. Good. You'll notice that the object is placed in the exact center of the field. Its surface, as of 2100 hours, was completely smooth, despite the signs of impact in the turf. It is ovoid in appearance, approximately 15 feet tall and half as wide at its midpoint. Estimated weight and composition is not known at this time, and other than the janitorial staff who arrived on site this morning, no one has noticed its arrival as of yet. Go ahead and switch over to IR and give us a look at a thousand-yard box around the object. Yes, sir. At approximately 0400 hours this morning, the object emitted exactly four seconds of high-frequency transmissions, following which the first drone we placed over the area was downed. It appears that outside of non-communicative technologies, lights, vehicles, and other non-receiving or transmitting machines, there has been no further interruption to technology or life. However, the surface of the object temporarily displayed a series of cracks and fissures. After transmitting, the signal went quiet. However, various subsurface anomalies have been appearing in a 500-yard radius below the object, apparent primarily to infrared monitoring. That would be the black lines you see below the object, extending out towards the agricultural area to the west of the school. I believe it is one of the pumpkin patches. Ah, now you see, this is what's most interesting. Look at the largest line running west. It's just grown 20 yards. It seems to do that every time it encounters another group of plants. Increase our orbit to two miles, size of the box another thousand yards, and give us a normal view. 
You see the withering there amongst the vegetation? That's not the light. That effect has been present over each of the primary lines originating at the object. We have a solid idea what that may mean, but this event will most likely find a resolution which allows for little confirmation of working theories. We're hoping for better outcomes at Site Bravo and Hotel. Looks like the sun is about to go down. Go ahead and pull us over towards the main drag. Let's have a look at what the locals are up to. Ah, looks like they're staging for their parade. Looks like six floats and a few emergency vehicles. Switch to IR. And there's the townsfolk settling in. Set that crossroad in the center as our orbit. If this goes anything like Alpha or Delta, that's where the action's going to be. How long until our assets are on station? Ten minutes? Good. Hold at 10,000. Five miles out. Wait for clearance. Yes, sir. Okay. Non-essential personnel will clear the room at this time. Non-essential personnel, clear the room. What's about to happen is going to happen fast, so hold your questions and comments until it's over. Remember that you have signed various documents relegating you to absolute secrecy regarding what you have observed here today. And any breach of that agreement will result in your immediate forfeiture of any and all rights as a citizen. Detainment, and ultimately your execution. You were duly informed of this upon your entry into this room, and by sitting in that chair you have accepted these terms and conditions in your role as an observer. Now look towards the left-hand side of the screen. You see those objects? The cold spots that are moving erratically? We have no accurate description for these things beyond floaters. Anyway, they have no preferred targets, but do prioritize groups first, starting with smaller groups on the periphery as they encircle the main body, then moving in to corral the rest. So far, we haven't let them stick around long enough to do more than eliminate a populace, but they have been observed to construct equipment and structures that mirror some of the anomalies. We've yet to determine why. Looks like they've started the parade. The floaters should hold off for a few more minutes while they get into position to advance. There should be another signal emitted by the object upon them commencing their assault. You'll see our screens go blank for a few seconds. Take us up to 5,000 and hold orbit. And... There. That purple flash. That was the signal. Let's see how things set once our screens are back up. Confirm assets are still on station. Lost contact, sir. Unusual. Re-establish communication. Oh. They've already constructed a beacon. That was faster than I expected. Get us in tight. Let's get a look at it. Harder to see in the failing light, but look there. You see the people they placed around it? I think it's some sort of ritualistic behavior. There, the floaters are back. See how they arrange themselves around the device. As far as we can tell, it's some sort of activation process, but if I'm honest, it looks like a bonfire to me. There will be a storm forming to the west at this stage. The object will be starting to display more activity, and the subsurface anomalies will have increased in size. Each beacon increases the changes to the surface of the object. Eventually it'll break open and dissipate into the surrounding vegetation. This seems to be the case at all sites, given enough time. Bring us back to the main drag. And bring it in right there. Here you see how they work. They bound. We aren't sure how they stay off the ground or how they're able to bound to the 15 to 30 foot height, but they do so to come down on top of their target. 
pinning them to the ground until another floater arrives so that they can drag the individual to a collection site or beacon. As you can see, they also... Well, they dismember some of their targets on contact. That young man across the street, that family... Their behaviors at this point seem to devolve into something more animalistic. The working theory here is that they either consume the victims or are simply terrorizing the remaining populace into cooperating. We reestablished communications with TAC Air. Keep trying. Ah, here we see the floaters' interactions with vehicles. They tend to swarm the engines, ripping apart the block or shredding tires. It's only on moving vehicles, though. They seem to leave idling or otherwise non-threatening machinery alone. As they drag that man through the window, note their strength, or at least their pain tolerance. Each one is fairly easy to take down. Enough damage to their center mass seems to deprive them of the ability to float and bound. Damage to the brain seems to be the most effective means of elimination, but they can be overcome by enough bodily trauma. That said, they don't seem to register pain. They emit a noise similar to laughter in response. Alright, give us a wide view. There. It looks like the vegetation is dying off around the object. Looks like they've started a few more beacons as well. As soon as Tack Air is back up, we'll get the ball rolling. It's unfortunate that we weren't able to put anything in prior to the assault commencing. The population there is an unfortunate loss, but that festival was a godsend. It's worse when we have to deploy ground assets for more than an intel sweep. Tack Air is back? Good. Put me through to the pilots. You are cleared hot. Begin your runs east to west at the object. Add 200 each pass, then clear the box for follow-on. Take us up to 6,000, set orbit to 5 miles. Yes, sir. They'll be dropping napalm primarily. The fires will be explained by a combination of a fertilizer plant going up and a natural gas pipeline break. Freak occurrences, but plausible enough. The bulk of the work is going to be done by the thermobaric after those fighters you see sweeping through are out of the area. We'll be shutting down the feed momentarily, don't want to burn out the optics when it hits. Looks like they've made good runs. It's always interesting to watch the floaters burn. Like those paper lanterns, they just keep going a while. Good effect on target. BDA to follow. Alright, good. Shut down the video. Frank, I'm going to level with you. Your being here is about the best I can manage to get you experience before your team is up. You'll be mostly on your own, just your platoon, but you'll have eyes similar to these above you for intel. We've been good about wiping them out early so far, but we really need to see what happens if we aren't fast enough. The next time an object shows up and we track it, you'll be tasked with reconnaissance and, if necessary, elimination. But the call will ultimately be mine as to when your job's done. Video is back up. The object is still there. No effect. What do you mean, no effect? God damn it. Initiate second run. Hit them again. And thank you so much to Atticus Jackson and S.H. Cooper for providing the voices and lines that you heard in the story on this episode. I'm not sure if that's going to be a regular thing. I mean, I'm going to try and pull in occasional people to do 
various bits and, you know, some lines here and there. I hope you enjoyed it. It was certainly a surprise and it was kind of last minute, but I think it worked out. Like I said in the beginning of the episode, the story itself uh, is going to be a bit of an experiment. It is a multi-parter. Uh, this would be kind of a lead-in or a bit of a prequel. I'm not sure which yet. You'll get the next one in the next full episode of Hooks of Horror. Remember, the contest is running until the 30th. And uh, thank you very much for listening. And just one or two last things. One, Calling Darkness finally has a few trailers up, and you should go listen to them. They are fantastic. It is going to be a great show, and I hope it does phenomenally well. Uh, two, The Glass Appeal, in which I play Officer Alexander Patzer, uh, is releasing. Episode 1 is out now. Um, you should listen to that. And if you haven't already, and I'm not sure how you couldn't, you should watch The Haunting of Hill House. It is one of the best horror experiences I have sat down to watch, or just experience, in quite some time. It's phenomenal. Okay, that's it. Go ahead. Go. Go write your thing. I'll see you in two weeks.